0: Welcome in to another edition of the Wissports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at Wispsports.net, and your host for the WSN Podcast. Believe it or not, after this week, we are one-third of the way through the high school football season. Always goes by so fast. School is just about to get underway, but we are we are getting through the high school football season pretty much every, or I believe now every other fall sport is underway with practices and competitions. So it really is fall sports time here in Wisconsin. Hey, let's help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Are you looking for an athletic advantage for your athlete or team? B3 Sciences is the answer. Originally limited to only Olympic caliber athletes, it is now available to anyone. Increase vertical leap, quickness, speed, and strength through a more effective, efficient, and safer way to get a deeper level of fatigue and more muscle fiber recruitment than many modern workouts. Visit drken.b3sciences.com and take a 30-day no-risk test drive. Technology trusted by the Milwaukee Brewers, Chicago Cubs, L.A. Clippers, USA Powerlifting, Kansas City Chiefs, and many more. Thank you to our sponsors, the Wisconsin Department of Transportation and Dr. Ken Otto and B3 Sciences for sponsoring the WSN podcast. Today on the WSN podcast, we're going to take a little bit of a look back at week two of the high school football season. It was a wild and crazy week with some very surprising results, eye-opening, jaw-dropping results. Around the state of Wisconsin. We're also going to check in with James Norris, the head football coach at Grafton High School. His Blackhawks team will be featured on the Thursday night throwdown this week on the WSN YouTube channel as they will take on Wisconsin Lutheran to open Woodland Conference play as teams around the state get into conference action. Conference play is here. Non-conference is in the in the rear view mirror. If you struggled in non-conference, if you were not quite where you wanted to be, no fear. Conference play is the most important part of the schedule. It's what determines, obviously, your conference finish. You still have conference championship hopes alive, still have playoff hopes alive. The, the conference record is largely what determines whether you qualify for the playoffs so still a lot on the line, even teams that are sitting at 0-2 in and and non-conference still have an opportunity to get things turned around and have a good season. Well, again, week two saw plenty of surprises in high school football in the state of Wisconsin. Four number one teams from week one went down in the same week. That's about as many as I can recall at any time, let alone in non-conference play. And let's just kind of go through some of those surprising results. Again, four number one teams lost last week. That includes Division Three, where Notre Dame had occupied the top spot after Week 1, but they had a tough game and went down to Key. So Notre Dame went from first last week in Division Three down to third this week. In Division Six. a big-time small-school rivalry game, Stratford and Edgar. Stratford, the defending champions in Division 6, had been the top-ranked team in D6, but they fall convincingly to Edgar. So Stratford drops down to fourth. Kenosha St. Joseph is the new team on top of the Division 6 rankings. Eight-player football, one of the surprises there. Two-time defending state champion Newman Catholic riding the state's longest active winning streak at the time of 29 games. They lose to new, uh, to uh, Three Lakes Phelps right out of the gates. Jared Kaufman had a big game for Three Lakes, throwing the football, running the football on defense. So Newman Catholic goes down. First time since 2019 that the Cardinals had lost a game. They, down, they are down to fifth in the coaches' poll this week with Thorpe, the new number one team in eight-player football. Perhaps the biggest surprise uh, in terms of the number one-ranked teams. And that comes in Division 4, where Catholic Memorial lost to Marquette. No shame in that. Marquette's a very good football team. They played Arrowhead very tough in Week 1. But the way that it happened, Catholic Memorial gets shut out in running clocked in the third quarter against Marquette. 35-0 was the final. Marquette wins. Catholic Memorial drops to 0-2. And so there was, I think, a decent amount of question of what would happen to the Crusaders in the coaches' poll. Where would they go? I mean, they, they lost to Franklin in a very competitive game, and they lost to Marquette. Not another team in Division 4 has played anywhere close to as good of competition in one game, let alone two. A little bit of a surprise, maybe, that the Crusaders did stay number one in Division 4 this week. It was, it was close, but they stayed number one despite an 0-2 record. I don't think we've ever seen that in the coaches' poll since we have been administering it for almost 20 years now. So, again, shocking not only that Catholic Memorial lost, but that they got running clocked by Marquette in that one. That doesn't even include other surprising results around the state Onalaska was our preseason number one in Division Three, after a tough overtime loss to West Salem in Week 1. They got Medford in Week 2, a team that they beat by four scores, or, or maybe five scores. I think it was 42-12, to 12, the game last year between Onalaska and Medford in the playoffs. Onalaska had fared pretty well against teams from the Great Northern Conference recently. The Great Northern Conference had struggled out of conference, including in the playoffs. But Medford... One fifty to thirty-five. Fifty to thirty-five over Onalaska. So again, a, a surprising result there. The team that Onalaska lost to in week one, West Salem, flying high. They were up to uh second in the coaches poll. But they had a little bit of a letdown in week two. They took on a Toma team that has struggled the last few years. And West Salem lost that one to Toma. So, some surprising results, especially in the Mississippi Valley Conference, um, in, in that area. We also have to spotlight, call out the North Fond du Lac Orioles. Last Thursday night, beating Ripon 20-14, coming back in that game. They were, uh, North Fond du Lac was down in the fourth quarter, tied it up, and then returned a fumble for a touchdown in the last couple minutes ending what had been the state's longest active losing streak of 53 games so what an accomplishment by uh, by the orioles to to get off the schneid as it were they had not won a game since 2016. good to see them back in the win column never like to see uh, programs continuously struggle like that because it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy it can be a snowball effect it can be very difficult to dig your way out of those situations. New head coach, uh, Coach Barra, in there this year, uh, doing a nice job to get that program heading in a better direction. Now, this is not going to suddenly mean that North Fond du Lac is going to be a contender in the flyaway conference. They, they're they going to have it tough in a, a very tough league. But, again, you like to see them get the win, get off of uh, off of that losing streak, Next in line now is a conference losing streak that dates back to 2013. 53 games is now the, excuse me, 52 games is the conference losing streak. Last time they won was October, the last week of the regular season, 2013. So still some work to do in the conference for North Fond du Lac, but good to see them get get things straightened out a little bit. That's a program that 2018 had to drop their varsity football program, um, so it's it's been a while since they have been relevant and, and successful, uh, but good to see them get in the win column and that long, long losing streak. Um, next up, by the way, on the uh, overall losing streaks list, uh, Wayland Academy, who's not playing a varsity schedule this year, they did just play. Um, uh, a JV eight-player game this week, but they're not playing varsity football. And then West Alice Central uh, would be next. I believe it's thirty-six games that they are at now, um, after losing last week. So hopefully those teams can can get uh, get going in the right direction, get off uh, off the losing streaks. Speaking of losing streaks, also in the top five is Osseo Fairchild. They have not won a game since uh, two thousand twenty. And uh, their losing streak stands at 24 games, and now it is actually at 25 games because they had to forfeit this week against Mondovi, did not have enough uh, healthy, eligible players uh, for their roster. And uh, talking to them, they do feel like they should be able to get, um, get things back, get some players back from injury, and be able to go the rest of the way. But obviously that's a situation that we'll monitor as they uh, as they had to forfeit and, and cancel this week. Uh, so yeah, week two is in the books. Non-conference play is is pretty much done, other than uh, a few fill-in games or replacement type games, as well as a, a an occasional non-conference game in the Milwaukee City Conference. That's uh, an unbalanced schedule. So we're into conference play, and it, it always is a different dynamic. Conference play. Versus non-conference. In non-conference, you can schedule who you would like to play. We sometimes see some better, more competitive games in non-conference as a result. You know, Some of the better teams will, will play non-conference games against each other, so you're not tied into the best team in the conference playing the worst team in the conference, where sometimes we see some of those lopsided scores a little bit more in-league action. Um, but we are moving into conference play week three. Again, everybody still has a lot of, um, you know, things ahead of them that they can accomplish. Making the playoffs, challenging for a conference title, winning a conference championship. Still very much in line and in the cards for teams, but they do have to get things turned around. Teams like Onalaska, who is 0-2. A team like Fond du Lac that is 0-2 against a very tough schedule, but that has a very, very difficult FVA schedule coming up, including this week against Appleton North. Um, there's time, but not a lot of it, to get things straightened out, to get things turned around. We see it every year that teams go 0-2 in non-conference, maybe against a tough, uh, tough schedule. Conference play comes around, they get things figured out, things settle in a little bit, and they get things turned around and make the playoffs. Um, I think of Holman last year, they went 0-4 to start the season. But they came back strong and won five in a row at the end of the year to make the playoffs. It's not the situation you'd like to find yourself in, for sure. But it is possible. It is possible to get things going. And Holman, by the way, one of those uh, 0-2 teams as well, looking to get on track in 2023. Let's do another reminder for everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, we will uh, we'll, we'll highlight a few of the, the big games on the Week 3 schedule uh, a little bit later in the WSN podcast and uh, talk about some of the conference play that gets underway this week. But right now we're going to get to our featured interview as part of this week's WSN podcast with James Norris the head coach at Grafton appreciate him coming on again they're part of the Thursday night throwdown this this week on the Thursday or excuse me on the WSN YouTube channel you can check it out there some great uh, engagement that we've gotten so far this year some great feedback on how those broadcasts have gone we've had very very good games to this point In Week 1, Middleton beat Bayport in a close one, 35-29. Last week, Brookfield Central survived against Pewaukee 9-8. J.J. Watt joined us at halftime of the show last week. I I can't promise any future Hall of Famers that will be part of our halftime coverage this time around. You might just have to put up with me as I check in uh, with some, some updates on what's going on around the state. But again, Thursday Night Throwdown, check it out on the WSN YouTube channel. We're looking forward to it. It'll be Grafton against wisconsin lutheran all right we're excited for this week's thursday night throwdown our continuation of our thursday night football broadcast on the Wisports.net youtube channel we're going to have grafton at wisconsin lutheran this week a couple great teams in the woodland conference opening conference play and to talk about that one and a little bit about his team we're going to bring in grafton head coach james norris Coach, we appreciate you joining us on the WSN podcast and giving us a little preview of what uh, what to look for in Thursday Night Throwdown.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us.
0: Well, before we dive too deep into this one, I want to talk a little bit about your background. Um, you know, get caught up on on how you got to this point as a, a successful coach for a Grafton team that has really emerged the last few years. Tell us a little bit about your football journey as you came through and how you got to this point.
1: Yeah, I mean it started at a young age um in the suburbs of Chicago, um uh, Palatine, you know, part of the the Palatine Panthers. Um and then uh, that fed into Fremd High School which is uh in Palatine, Illinois, suburb of Chicago. Um you know, there under uh head coach Mike Donatucci is now um you know, in the Illinois Hall of Fame, you know, we we were rolling down there. Um you know, a little different than ground um as far as the size of the school. Uh, but demographics were were pretty similar. Um, you know, we we had four very successful years down there. Uh, had an opportunity to play with uh, you know Scott Tolzien, uh, you know Mark Tolzien, his uh, little brother, and and be around players like that at uh at a young age in high school, and, and seeing you know how they work and how they get after it uh, was awesome. And uh, then you know had the opportunity to uh, go and play and continue playing football at the University of Wisconsin Whitewater under, you know, head coach Lance Leipold and, you know, be under his leadership and, you know, hear him every single day, you know, through through good, bad, everything in between, you know, 365 days a year. And, you know, the type of mentor, you know, and man, you know, that he was and leader, you know, really helped shape me and, you know, shape me as a young man and, you know, as a coach. Then, you know, Finished up my career playing 2012. Uh, then I was, you know, fortunate. I knew I wanted to get into coaching, uh, but fortunate that you know Lance brought me back onto staff as a you know a graduate assistant, student assistant role. Um, and that was also the year that he brought in um, Andy Kolnicki. Uh, he brought in uh, Darley Palsa, uh, Craig Harmon, uh, Al Hensel, and, and just a lot of guys with a, a ton of experience. And uh, most of those guys are still with them. Uh, at Kansas. So being able to, you know, move from a player to a coach role, uh, you know, and and in that college environment, you know, in a a very successful winning culture um, around some very dynamic coaches um, has been has been outstanding. Uh, Then got into my student teaching and then um, and I taught in Marshall, but uh, lived and coached um, at Sun Prairie um, before the split. In the early, um, you know, 2010s, 2011s, uh, that kind of that. Well, no, excuse me. It had been 2014, 2015. Uh, I was there with uh, Brian Kaminsky, and uh, you know, I believe they were coming off a couple really successful years, and um, being able then to move into the the high school realm, and you know, work with uh, Brian, and you know, obviously with his leadership, and you know, the program that he ran got to see a, you know, an elite program at a high school level. And uh, you know, at that time, I was dating my uh, my now wife, and uh, she's from Grafton, and uh, she went to uh, Madison, and so you know, kind of had you know this this relationship going on, and she finished up her undergrad and moved back to Grafton, and I was out, still out in the Madison area, so it was kind of you know, at that time, you know, we're you know, we got to move close together to you know, move the relationship along, and so I I came out to Grafton, uh, was an assistant coach here for two years, Uh, then when, uh, then head coach Sean Barrett left, you know, threw my name in the hat, you know, I was really passionate about Grafton, you know, coming out to Grafton, this area for a long time, um, you know, dove right in head first, and uh, right away, you know, kids responded well, got a good coach and staff around me, administration has been fantastic since day one, and uh, we're able to you know, flip this thing around and get, get Grafton back on the map. So.
0: So how much did your wife, your, your future wife telling you about some uh, some younger brothers she had that were pretty, pretty <laughs> solid football players coming through the program, the Benchels, uh yeah. Really into yeah that, you know, move to Grafton?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, when I, when I first started dating, I mean, Bo, I mean, Bo um, was, which is uh, abby's the oldest and then uh bo was the the oldest of the three brothers but younger than abby um i think he was just a a sophomore in high school and um that was kind of that time and period where you know syracuse offered him um as a tight end and you know abby's dad uh, scott benshaw and uh you know his brother all played for wisconsin abby went to wisconsin you know barcy abby's mom went to wisconsin you know, so there's a little bit of a family, you know, lineage going on there. And and obviously Bo wanted to play college football. Iowa State was in the mix. Uh, and then I think it was Anderson at the time, you know, came back and offered him and, uh, you know, dropped everything on a dime and went to wisconsin so uh you know got to see you know bo grow you know kind of go through that and and you know evolve into you know, the player uh that he was at wisconsin and then uh it was kind of funny luke luke's uh the, the middle brother it was actually his uh his senior year and uh, that was uh you know kind of the time that i moved to grafton and i actually lived with the ben for about three months um before i got settled into an apartment out there uh, and that was Luke's senior year, and and meanwhile, this whole time, JP is you know in elementary school, then into middle school. So I got to see, you know, him grow up, and you know, obviously, um, my second year as an assistant was his his freshman year, and then his sophomore year was my first year as a head coach. So, uh, you know, it's been a it's been a ride. And I'll tell you what, though, there's uh, with the family piece, and I'm sure a lot of guys listening. i've heard it you know before and probably experienced it but it's like you know you get after jp at practice you know ultimately speaking you know he gets home before i did Uh, so he'd mom and tell you know sister and then i'd end up sleeping in the offices so uh, there's some rocky moments in there but uh really fun so
0: (laughs) that's great stuff that's awesome um we're talking with james norris the head coach at grafton big matchup this week on the thursday night throwdown against wisconsin lutheran When you took over Grafton, it was a program that had had some some success in the past, four state championship appearances in a 10-year span from the late 70s to mid-80s, but had kind of fallen on hard times in in recent years. There was a run uh, prior to when you took over of more than 20 years without a playoff appearance. What, What was it that allowed you to get things turned around to where now you're working on five playoff appearances in a row, coming off a conference championship? Um, what was the catalyst for getting that program changed around, turned around from where it had been to where it is now?
1: Yeah, you know, it was, it was one of those things that, you know, right right took the job. It was there's a lot of pieces in play, but I saw a an administration that was, um, you know, committed and focused uh, to getting this thing going. Our youth program has always been uh, one of the top ran youth programs in the state. Uh, you know, even though we're a Division three school, they're competing and, and playing the mosquitoes They're playing Arrowhead. They're playing, um, you know, the uh, Homesteads. You know, they're playing the big schools and uh, doing really well. So I know, like, and they were doing their job. There just seemed to be kind of a, uh, you know, something lost in translation as kids got to the high school. You know, I think one of the biggest things that, and you know, I got this from from Lance Leipold and you know Andy Kolnicki. It's like I think Grafton was in a period where it was like, you know, we got to get to the back to the playoffs, you know, and it was, you know, you know, we, we lose every, you know, week or game. And I know like Bo, I, you know, I think Bo went through his career and only won three varsity games. And uh, there's just this like feeling this cloud over the high school where it was like, got to get to the playoffs. We got to get to the playoffs. And, um, you know, we got here and uh, you know, I well, took over. And uh, one of our biggest things at Whitewater was, you know, hey, we just got to go one and oh. You know, we just got to win the week, uh, you know, win the day. You know, and that's where the focus starts. And, you know, our my first couple of years, you know, we're in the, the North Shore Conference and a very good conference and tons of competition. And, uh, you know, it's and that was back when, you know, we had nine games and all nine games were conference games and they all mattered. So, um, you know, I think just the small things, the detail, um, but that culture shift, um, you know, with a couple of big wins early in that first season, definitely, you know, caught on. And it's kind of you know just just been rolling ever since. So,
0: let's dive into the matchup this week with Wisconsin Lutheran. Both teams have uh, hopes of competing for a conference championship in the Woodland Conference. This is the first conference game of the season, obviously. How do you approach a big game right out of the gates in the conference season uh, against a quality opponent like Wisconsin Lutheran?
1: Yeah, I mean we're we're definitely used to it. Uh first year in the Woodland, you know, we we hopped right into to conference play with uh, a game against Greendale and then the last two years against Wisco. Uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those deals where you know we set our schedule up from a from a preseason uh non-conference with with tough games. And uh, we do that in preparation for a, a good conference schedule and um, you know, it's it's one of those things, like I just mentioned before, it's uh, the focus is on, you know, on the preparation. And I'm a firm believer that if you focus on the preparation, the results will take care of themselves. Um, you know, our coaching staff is is definitely very talented and we have a ton of really talented players. Um, and I, I believe in our process and, and how we prep each and every week. So um, our process doesn't change the opponents do, but, you know, we we will we'll grab the sledgehammer and go to work every day.
0: One-and-one one in conference play, beat Whitefish Bay to open the season, then a tough loss against a very good Port Washington team last week. Where do you feel your team stands heading into conference play?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those unique things, right? I mean, you know and you see it in college a lot. Some of those, those non-conference matchups hold implications later in the season. Um, but it, it's something that we talked about, you know, brought the kids in Saturday morning with a short week this week and, you know, basically laid everything out, very transparent with things like, yeah, we got to get better. You know, we, we continue to have to focus on the things that we do. We have to be, you know, focus on the little things. Um, but all in all, like, you know, that, that game wasn't our Super Bowl. Um, You know, we have things to accomplish yet this season and when you really bullet it down it's like every single goal that we want to reach this year is still in front of us it's still 100% attainable but it starts it starts with preparation start with preparation sunday night into monday morning um and i like where we're at right now
0: before we let you go coach give us uh, give us one thing that you're really focused on uh, in this matchup with the wisconsin lutheran that you need to take care of to be successful
1: yeah, we got to – I mean, I'll, I'll break down on offense and defense. Defensively, we got to, um, you know, force them to drive the ball down the field, eliminate big plays. I'm sure, you know, every coach in the state, you know, is saying the same thing. So nothing different from us. You know, we got to stop their run game. Obviously, they're they're a run-first type team and very talented up front. Um, you know, so we got to take care of that. And for us offensively, we got to do the exact opposite. You know, we have to sustain drives. Um, you know, we, we've – you know – had a couple couple turnovers in each of the last two games. Uh, we've had a couple one play drives due to turnovers last two games that have have definitely you know hurt the the flow of the game and the flow of the offense, especially early as you kind of want to get some of those line draw long drives hammered out and going. So that's been our goal all week. You know, start fast. You know, limit those things we talked about, and um, you know, really sustain some drives offensively.
0: Coach, we'll let you get back to preparation for this one. Again, the Thursday night throwdown on the WSN YouTube channel. It'll be Grafton at Wisconsin Lutheran. Uh, Should be a good game. Should be a great game to set the tone in the Woodland Conference. Coach, appreciate you joining us on the WSN podcast.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Looking forward to it.
0: All right. Big thanks to Coach Norris for coming on and chatting a little bit about his team and uh, how things look heading into that big showdown with uh, Wisconsin Lutheran on the Thursday night throwdown. Part of a, a nice week to open the conference schedule. Again, sometimes you don't get as many competitive games in conference play because teams have to play whatever the schedule says. They're not able to, to schedule according to their abilities or where they think they might be. But we do have some very good ones this week, and uh, that includes what it, it looks like will be our Quick Trip in Wisconsin Dairy Game of the Week for Week 3, Kettle Marine at Arrowhead. Arrowhead is up to second in this week's Division I coaches poll. As talented as any team in the state with a load of Division I prospects from the senior class all the way down to the lower levels, the Warhawks second this week in Division Two, excuse me, in Division I, they will welcome in the top-ranked team in Division II, the defending champion, Kettle Moraine Lasers. What a way to kick off Classic 8 play. This is going to be a league we're going to be watching and talking about and following closely all year. With so much talent, so many good teams in that conference. Also, to open Clover Belt conference play, you've got Stanley Boyd and Fall Creek. Both teams off to nice 2-0 starts. 2-0 starts as well for West Bend East and Nicolet. Not necessarily teams that that we have seen be competitive traditionally in, uh, in their respective conferences. And now both currently in the North Shore Conference. But... Uh, two teams that have, have taken a step forward, certainly. Nicolay has uh, has done some, some nice things the last couple years after struggling for so many years. West Bend East made the playoffs last year. In fact, both teams made the playoffs last year. So that's a nice one in the North Shore Conference to get things going. Talked about West Salem earlier in the program and how they had a, a letdown loss to Toma last week. They've got to get back on track, though. They take on Westby, who's you know, been competitive, but hasn't been a top-of-the-conference-type team in the Cooley for, for a little while. But off to an impressive 2-0 start is Westby putting up big numbers. But certainly this will be the, the toughest competition that Westby has faced to this point, and we'll see if they can continue to put up big numbers. Westby, back-to-back wins, averaging 60 points a game, more than 425 yards of offense. I don't anticipate that continuing against West Salem. But can they be competitive with West Salem? And a great game in the Badger Large. Again, this is a game we talked about last year that many people have wanted to see over the years. Sun Prairie and Key. In this case, Sun Prairie East versus Wanakee. These teams, when it was just Sun Prairie, used to do contact days with Key. I went several times uh, to watch them do some contact days where they would do some controlled scrimmaging. And uh, again, a, a Game that people in the Madison area especially would have loved to have seen for so many years. But Sun Prairie was part of the Big 8 Conference. They played a closed conference schedule. Did not have the opportunity to play non-conference games. Now, though, with the split of the Sun Prairie schools, they are in the Badger Large with Wanakee. This could be for control of the Badger Large Large Conference right here in Week 1. Beaver Dam has looked very good. Um, and is an improved football team for sure. But these were the two teams that we picked in the preseason as the favorites. Last year, Wanakee got the win. Uh, Sun Prairie is coming off a tough loss last week against a very good McGuanagoe team. So uh, a, a good one there in the Madison area. Those are some of the games that we'll be following and watching in Week 3 of the high school football season. Tomorrow on Thursday, uh, you can check out our full Week 3 Football preview will break down all of the big games and what to expect and watch for, as we are into conference play around the state of Wisconsin. Make sure you're checking us out on Wisports.net daily for all kinds of news and information. Our coaches poll came out this week; comes out every Tuesday. You've got the uh, Quick Trip in Wisconsin Dairy Game of the Week. You've got uh, also on Mondays coming out the Jolly Good Football Player of the Week nominees in, in poll and voting the WSN football team of the week, so all kinds of stuff coming out throughout the week on WSN really should be your daily destination for all things high school football and all things high school sports. You can find results and information for boys' soccer, boys' and girls' volleyball, as well as those are underway. And again, we are uh, now essentially into the fall sports schedule. School starts for everybody next week. There's some te- some schools that already have already been in classes, maybe start Friday this week, but... Next week we kind of settle into a regular, uh, regular cadence, regular schedule. Kids are in school. Football games on Fridays, much much more frequently, uh, as opposed to a few more games on Thursdays. So we're looking forward to uh, to that settling in and getting into the meat of the fall sports schedule. Let's help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, that will do it. Week three of the season is here. It's going to be a hot weekend. It's going to be a hot one next week. Make sure everybody out there is hydrating well, staying healthy, and uh, get out to a high school football game this weekend. It's a great time, great weather before you know it. We'll be wearing sweatshirts and maybe jackets and and other heavier gear later into the season, so it's always good to to wear shorts and a t-shirt here early in the season. That will do it for the WSN podcast, though. I am Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.